Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Well, the playoffs have started and the Flyers, still not a part of it. So, uh, I don't know. I have nights off, so I'm watching hockey and enjoying it, and that's nice. But I guess I guess I kind of miss it. I guess I would kind of like for the Philadelphia Flyers to be a hockey team good enough to be participating in this postseason tournament, but such is life. All right, we have a lot to get into, so let's get right to the intros. Let's lead it off with Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. So I had been taking a lot of time thinking about which team I'm going to bandwagon in this offseason, and really, it's a no-brainer because my second favorite team is the Golden Knights. Like, this is, that's obviously who I'm going to be cheering for. Um, but there's, like... A lot of likable teams. How are you not season. tired of, of Vegas already? Like, you get mm-hmm. so tired of every team. How are you not over them? It's been like four years. Well, I think that this is probably the last season where I'll be like, okay, I'm all in. And then next season I'll be like, oh, I'm sick of you guys. Also, they have <laughs> glitter on their jerseys, so that grants mm. Steph a lot of slack with them. It, it's incredibly true. The glitter, The glitter gives a lot of leeway. Like a year's worth of patience just right. because they have glitter. Fair enough. From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Hey, so actually th- this kind of anticipates what Bill is going to say, which I love because <laughs> I-, I love getting out in front of a Bill, a Bill rant. Um, <laughs> here's the point I'm going to make here. If your primary reaction to watching the NHL playoffs is not to enjoy the NHL playoffs, but to use the NHL playoffs as a reason to get even more angry at the Flyers. (laughs) Take a good hard look at yourself in the mirror, do do an honest self-assessment, and decide if you actually like hockey or if you just like being angry at stuff. Because the playoffs have been fun, and it is possible 
to watch fun playoff games and enjoy them as a hockey fan and not spend the entirety of every fun playoff game yelling on Twitter about how angry it makes you that the Flyers are not playing like those teams that are fun. Just enjoy the fun, turn your brain off, and like hockey. Maybe don't be angry 100% of the time in your life. It's healthy. It's good. We can not think about the Flyers for a little bit of time, folks. It's possible. It is possible. My recommendation would be all of that plus log the fuck off. The problem is you're speaking about people whose entire personality is being miserable and also being logged on. So we're stuck with that. Just enjoy hockey. It's fun. It's a wild. You don't have to be mad all the time. Playoff hockey is fun, and there's a lot of likable teams in the postseason. Like, this is wild. You don't, well, speaking of wild, you don't have to look at the Minnesota Wild and be like, look at what happened when Chuck Fletcher left. Like, we don't have to do that, folks. <laughs> I said those exact words. But <laughs> when they scored a goal and then immediately gave one up, I thought, that's a Chuck Fletcher there team. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Uh, let's go. It's okay. We don't. We don't have to do that. Yeah, we don't have to. It don't have but to. But like, it's funny. <laughs> Is it though? To me. In like, so all right. All I'll my tweets are like, for my own entertainment. I don't care about my followers whatsoever. It's about entertaining me. You care about the people that are listening, obviously. <laughs> Every single one of you. <laughs> it's like, eh. well, so, so, like, here's the thing. It's funny if you, like, say it once and you're saying it with irony. Like, LOL. <laughs> Look what happened when Chuck Fletcher left. Knowing that Chuck Fletcher left three years ago. Like, it's funny. The problem is, and I think that Charlie will agree, is when that becomes your entire personality. Yes. Yes. Man. Like, that's... We don't need to be doing that. I'm just thinking, like, December 2019, when Fletcher was brought in, feels like both yesterday and, or was it 2018? He was brought in in late 2018. Late 2018, yeah. That feels like both yesterday and a decade ago. See, the problem, with, the problem with that, though, is, like, that's not, I don't think that's really a Flyers thing. That's no. just a... That's, we had, that's a we world had, thing. We, like, like, like we, we lit a year on fire. Time yeah. isn't real anymore. Yeah. Yeah. 2020 didn't exist. We, none of us aged except for in our souls. <laughs> I'm getting younger so. personally. <laughs> oh, same. Last but certainly not least, the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. So I uh, admittedly paid zero attention to any hockey teams outside of the Philadelphia Flyers during this regular season because that was enough for me. I could not deal with any more hockey and i feel like i really missed out especially florida like i did not know that they were fun and good and i'm really enjoying watching it it's messing me up enjoying florida hockey this much that's there are certain teams i enjoy paying attention to throughout the year but like the florida panthers certainly were not one of them no and now <laughs> Now they're matched up with, like, one of the two best rosters in hockey, and, like, it's a fun, good, competitive series, and it's shocking to me. Mm-hmm. All right, so, speaking of these playoffs, I want to counter what Charlie said, because my primary reaction while watching these playoffs is to drink a bunch of beers and have a great time. This wow. 11 o'clock call time today, not easy for me. 
<laughs> However, I really hope that Chuck Fletcher is watching these playoffs and seeing what most of us are seeing. That the Flyers are neither fast enough, nor skilled enough, nor tough enough to seriously contend for a Stanley Cup as currently constructed. I believe the overall talent and skill level of this team is better than uh, than we saw this terrible, awful, disappointing season. However, they're not close to these really good teams, and I just, I hope we're seeing that. Like, we're going to get into the playoff impressions later and talk about some of the actually good teams, but through the orange and black lenses, because remember, this is a Flyers show, and what's going on in hockey right now excludes the Flyers. So, like, I, I like to compare. It's abundantly clear so far that minor tweaks will not be enough. I feel like that, like, this conversation could be an entire hour-long show, but... Let's not do that. Well, the thing is, is like, then you're just getting down to like, what's the definition of minor tweaks? Like, yeah, there's, yeah. there's this just, th- this opens the door to like, okay, well, what needs to be done? You know, okay. Yeah. Like, no, if the Flyers went out this off season and sign, you know, a decent backup goalie and get, you know, a passable second pair of defensemen, then no, they're not going to be good enough. But like, if they go out and they get a few really good players and they make some hockey trades and, you know, they, they shake things up a little bit, could they be? I don't know. But, like, then you open a door to, are you saying that, well, they won't be able to be competitive unless they completely, like, they get, like, 14 new players and, like, fire all the coaches and do everything? Like, then you're falling into the territory of, I'm just mad and want stuff done because I'm mad and that's where you lose me. No, I'm not mad about anything. They can continue to be a mediocre team forever, for all I care. I'll get to do this show and get paid for it. That's fine. It'll be Chuck Fletcher who loses his job. They need two top four defensemen and a star forward. Like, it's that's very clear. They're not good enough to contend with these really good teams without, like, some all-star level talent being brought in. They don't have it. See, I agree but then I also disagree. So let me let me talk through my thought process. So yes, the teams that we're watching absolutely look to be playing a, a different sport than the Flyers that we watched all season. And and I think that we can all agree to some extent. Like they, uh-huh. it just looks like they're they're just so much better. So the reasons that I want to give for that is one we didn't watch all of these teams all season, so we didn't get to watch how shitty their their lows were, and it's a hockey season, so it, it happens. We got to see the good and the horrifically bad from the Flyers, and what sticks in your head more than anything else is the horrifically bad, so I, I give and take with that. Um, and, and the second part where I, I really disagree is, you know, this is a team that... You know, we saw even even in this shit season, they were able to hang with some of these playoff teams. Like mm-hmm. they did, they end up beating Boston. They did a couple times, right? Eventually, eventually, like it took a while, but they did eventually. And it took Boston's downward spiral for I that was to gonna happen. Say, yeah, and it took that too. <laughs> and the Islanders, they played pretty tough for some of the games, and 
I don't even remember the Penguins. The Penguins, the Penguins they did. They, they performed Penguins, well. Against they the did Penguins well against the Capitals. Mm-hmm. Beat the shit out of them, which was shocking considering like they've owned the Capitals in, like last year. But you know, uh, listen, I don't think they need to blow things up, but I just think it's very obvious they're not like even their best last year. What we saw from them, I don't know. It's not on the level of Colorado, Vegas, Tampa. It's not close to that. They need to get it's- there. It's not, but I think that the Flyers, I mean, they're they're built differently. They're not those teams. And I think that the way that they're built, they're yes, still they're built going worse. to be. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know if I have the hiccups. And, I don't know what the hell's happening in my throat. Um, they're, they're, yes, built worse, but they're they're built differently in that if they're clicking on all cylinders, if we can get back to the place where they were before covid hit like they can win and they can perform well but they do need at least one top four defenseman if not two and they do need i i guess the three c like they they need some depth or they need their players to really start contributing i I don't think that it's going to take a whole lot um and they're just never they're the way that they're built they're not going to be a Tampa. They're not going to be a uh give me another team. Florida. Not with well, these well, coaches. I mean not. Yeah, well but I mean Florida isn't even like they're playing a fun style and they're they're an enjoyable team to watch. I don't think I would consider them to be like a cup contender. Yeah, no, they're no, not winning that, a Stanley Cup anytime soon. I think no, they're like that's what I mean with like the fun though. Like Yeah. I think that when people watch that kind of hockey, they're having fun watching it. And I think that primarily that feeling of enjoyment is what they are. That's the thing that makes them think the Flyers can't do this. I don't know that the Flyers couldn't play a run and gun offense with a a team that's a little bit different than the one they have now, but they're not ever going to play that kind of hockey. We're never going to see a Tampa Florida series out of the Flyers. Charlie put this thought in my head yesterday because they don't, play that kind of hockey and they're never going to yeah i mean that was the reason why when they were looking at coaches you know and i said you know and obviously like this was this wasn't a controversial thing to say because everybody wanted joel quenville at the time but like the reason why i you know when it came down to like okay well you want joel quenville or this guy or this guy i'm like look i would like joel quenville because i don't even know if like he would be the perfect fit for the flyers but what i know about joel quenville is that he coaches a fun style to watch like, he coaches an aesthetically pleasing style. It's running gun. It's trade chances. It's creative. And that's what you're seeing out of Florida. I mean, I, I, was, I was talking to Kelly about this yesterday. Like, the reason why this Tampa-Florida series has been so much fun is because— So Tampa obviously can play a fast-paced trade chances game because they're probably the most talented team in hockey, at least up front— Definitely, even on the back end. I mean, so he- them in he- Colorado, he- he- yeah, them in Colorado, like them in Sergachev, like so. Tampa can play that style. The thing is, is that most teams that Tampa plays try to slow it down. You yeah. know that that and that was what Tampa had to adjust to. And that's what they did last you know last season and into the playoffs. How they won it all. You know they they kind of learned how to play against teams like Columbus and, and teams like the Islanders and learned how to adapt their style and still thrive despite the fact they're playing against teams that are trying to muck it up. Well, what's been so fun about the series is Joel Quenville is like 
philosophically opposed to the idea of mucking it up. So you have Tampa, the team that can do everything offensively, planning as another team that is like, no, we're just going to try to like outrun and gun you. And that's why that series is a blast. But like most teams wouldn't do that. Like no, no and most like, teams would not play the way Florida is playing against Tampa because they don't have the guts to try it. And that's why the series is so fun. It's a lot of fun. I will say though, like Tampa's up to nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Trying to play run and gun with the most talented or one of the two most talented offenses in hockey. Like, I don't know. You're probably not going to cash in on that. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun for me to watch because I don't give a shit about either team. Yeah, exactly. Now, I'm not even talking about the style. Like, yes, the style is fun. Like, ceiling-wise, I think the Flyers could absolutely be as good as, like, the Florida Panthers. But like we just said, the Florida Panthers ain't winning the Cup anytime soon. Like, I want to, I don't care how the Flyers play, I just want to beat these good teams, and I don't see that happening in the near future without bringing in more really good players. Now, you're going to have to ship some out, uh, you know, that's just the way it goes, and some of them might be guys we like, but I don't see a path to getting to, like, a Final Four and a Stanley Cup Final and a Stanley Cup title without bringing in some all-star level talent. I mean, I don't think anybody's disagreeing that the Flyers need to make additions to get to the yes. next level. I mean, that 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 I think is the the underlying like fundamental thing that everybody seems to think everybody else disagrees with when like everybody's in agreement that the Flyers can't just roll with the stuff. Like the Fly if the Flyers in my mind, the Flyers and and fans would lose their minds. If the Flyers did nothing this offseason aside from re-sign their guys, maybe get a better backup goalie and like, you know, whatever. I honestly think the Flyers would be a playoff team. Like, like I think they, you know, just by getting Carter Hart to play, like, solid hockey, mm -hmm. I think the Flyers are a playoff team. But I don't think they're anywhere close to being a contender. No, and like, I, I think they slip into the playoffs. So, you know, that's not, that's not acceptable. That's not, you know, an acceptable thing for the Flyers to be. So you have to go out and do stuff if you want to just be better than, like, natural regression of, like, not getting the worst goaltending in 20 years. And even just, like, um, from the fans' perspective, you know, I think this could be a playoff team as currently constructed, but how the fuck are they going to sell ticket one to anybody? Exactly. exactly. Like, obviously, they're the diehards who go to every game no matter what, but, like, man, you're going to move a jersey or two? You've got to do something here. I mean, there, there's no question that they have to do something. It just comes down to... What do you consider a few tweaks? And honestly, like, shipping out Jake Voracek, bringing in a defenseman, and bringing in another forward, like, those are tweaks. Like, that's just tweaking the roster, but it could completely change the way that this team plays. They don't need anything more than tweaks. They just have to be good tweaks, the right kind of tweaks. If I say tweaks one more time, my head's going to explode. I mean, shipping out <laughs> I one mean, of... You're, you're totally right, though. Yeah. If they brought in, um, you know, let's let's put this out into the universe Douglas? again, Ryan Ellis. Oh. Like that's who did you say? Douglas. Douglas. Oh, e. oh Hamilton. God, yeah. Or Douglas. Also Douglas <laughs> Hamilton. Um, like that. That completely changes the defense, which means the forwards don't have to be as defensively responsible. They don't have to well, make that's up good. for. I Good mean, thing, right? <laughs> if 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 they were even capable in the first place, which is questionable with this team outside of like four players, and I think I think that number is actually three, but you know, 
that's neither here nor there. Um, like it, it completely changes the dynamic of the team. If you're getting at least average goaltending from Carter Hart, and you bring in someone who changes the the composition and the style of the defense, the whole team changes. Also, I mean, like it might be that sub like the, when we're talking about the shakeup thing, it might just be subtraction that accomplishes that. Like, it might not even matter so much who they bring in on forward if they subtract whatever players it is that are contributing to the bad mix. And we obviously don't know. I think that we all have our theories, but, you know, it, it could just be that getting rid of one, of one or two of them could completely change the way this team plays. Who knows? So I'm just guessing. By subtraction. <laughs> that's that's the tough part of the job i mean that's yeah. the tough part of the job is that like you don't really know i mean you can guess but you don't really know you know how changes are going to impact the roster you, you don't know if you know truly this team is actually broken and nothing they do aside from selling off everybody is going to fix it it's possible i don't think it's like the most like i i don't look at it as being like an 80 percent likelihood but i i'm not, it's certainly not zero it's possible it's just that there's other possibilities as well in terms of and then again this is where you get into the distinction between like what's the what what do you consider to be a tweak versus what do you consider to be you know a shake up versus what do you consider to be a big move which is what do you, like versus what do you consider to be like a blow up like i feel like a lot of the, de- the debate that's happened you know on social media in the flyers fan base you know, a lot of the debate and a lot of the disconnects is that people have different viewpoints about what these words actually mean. Mm-hmm. You know, like Kelly, you t- you looked at it as like, well, you know, if they if they trade Jake Voracek and they get a good defenseman and they get another forward, like that's a tweak. Like, like people hear the word tweak and they think that's like you don't want them to do anything. But right. like the things that you suggested are pretty freaking big. So like. There's an element, you know, someone could take that clip of yours and be like, look at that, look at, look at how dumb she is. Like, she thinks all the Flyers need to, all the Flyers need to do is tweak, but like, you don't. Like, you're just saying that like, anything that isn't like, you know, flip-flopping 10 players on the roster, like, that's a tweak. And I, I, I don't think that like, that's even realistic. I don't think they could, you know, realistically do the things that a lot of people seem to want them to do, which is essentially like, turn over half the roster and or trade away every single big name on the team. Um... That said, like a tweak doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to mean like a minor thing, like no. get a third pair of defenseman and a backup goalie. Like you're considering tweaks to be like anything that isn't a full scale scale roster blow up, but still could move the needle dramatically for the team. Yeah, definitely. So <clears throat> I'll tell you what is a tweak. And oh, it's boy. the uh the fact that the power play, penalty kill, goalie, and best friend coach all still employed. However, we've moved on from those damn AHL coaches. Thank God we fixed the problem, guys. Scott Gordon's gone. What was like? What was up with this? It seemed like odd timing. It just seemed odd that, oh, yeah, we, we recognize there's a problem with the coaching staff, but not at the NHL level. Oh, it just seemed odd. I, I gotta tell you, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I know that I'm supposed to. Uh, it just seems odd. I just don't give a shit. Scott Gordon, best wishes, buddy. Like, the Phantoms were not good this year. Um, they were pretty good. Were they're they? They are pretty good. Yeah, they are pretty, pretty good. They are pretty good. Yeah. 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 
All right, well, they were not good last year. It's just hard to, like, it's hard to evaluate the season, obviously, because it was short. And then, obviously, because there were no no NHL play. Yeah, they only played, like, four teams. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just don't care. I I just don't care. Like, Scott Gordon and who was the other one that that left? Uh, Carrie Hoffman. The assistant, yeah. Yeah. Don't care. Like, best wishes, guys. Hope you do well wherever you're going next. I don't really care that much either, but I care about what we learned this morning, which is that the front runner to replace him is Ian LaPerriere. Is that actually true? Because I've been told that it is not. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll put it this way. <laughs> when, like... This fucking organization. No, like three, like three or four years ago, this was under Hextall. Like, I heard talk that, like, they might be grooming Lappy to eventually be the AHL coach. Like, that was out there. Now, this is an entirely new organization. Obviously, Chuck Fletcher is a different GM than, than Rod Hextall. But, like, when I saw that report, and, and I, haven't, I haven't heard anything, you know, that confirms or denies it thus far. Um, when I heard that report, it was like, okay, like, you know, this, is, this isn't, like, a new thing to me. Like this has been this has been tossed out there in the past. The idea of Lappy as AHL coach, like I think it's wild because I mean, Lappy's look. The thing, the thing with Ian Lapierre is like he's a really good guy. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes him. I just I don't know what he's shown in his coaching career that leads people to believe that he's good at coaching. I just Everything don't know. he's been in charge of has been a mess. I just don't know. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like we've already seen, he's not a good coach. <laughs> sure, the players may like him, but. We know, not a good coach. Great I mean, there's friend. there's a, there's an element, yeah. Like, if they were to go with Lapierre, I would pres- I presume it would be the idea of you know he's like a player's coach, and there's a, there's obviously a developmental element, you know, a huge developmental element to being an AHL head coach. Um, and that I would assume would be like the impetus behind such a move is this idea that, you know, Lappy will get the most out of these kids. He'll connect with them. You know, he'll allow them to, to, to reach their ceilings. I don't know if like, like, and who knows, maybe he's secretly this like systems genius, but like, (laughs) I don't, I don't know what he's shown in his coaching career to have me believe that like, he's going to put together, you know, tactics and systems that are going to allow the, the, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms to dominate the AHL. Like, I just, I, there's, there's nothing in his track record from coach, coaching the penalty kill for years and just that he's never been a head coach. Like, I just, there's nothing there to tell me he could do that. If the focus is almost entirely on development, I can sort of understand where they're coming from. It's just, it's obviously something that's not going to be received that well, particularly by the online fan base, because, like, his penalty kill was just so bad in Philadelphia. It was so bad. So like bad. if you want to hire a coach that allows the other team to win, like great. You're on the right track here. But we did hear from our our phantom sources that it it's a rumor that really doesn't have a lot of footing. Well, right to be now. well to be clear, it's not a rumor. It was reported by by Tony Andrikaitis. So it, it was a report. Now whether the report is correct or not, we'll have to wait and see, but like that wasn't a rumor, it was a report. My bad. It was a report. Has that- anyone considered, though, that Ian LaPerriere played the game the right way? Yeah. No, he didn't. Here's the thing. No. Guys block shots every single bad. night and don't get their skulls cracked, let alone twice in one season. Like, <sighs> that, I, I'm, no, like, Ian LaPerriere, all the respect in the world, you're a tough motherfucker, I could never do what you do, you're the man. Thank you for what you did for this organization and for hockey. 
semicolon, that's the wrong way to block shots. You don't drop to your knees like a butterfly goalie. Like, that's how you get hit in the face with a puck. Main example being he got hit in the face with a puck twice. Also wasn't that good at the hockey part outside of the getting hit in the face with a puck, to be quite honest. He was but a he decent enough penalty fights. killer in his day. He from time to time, and that's important. He was a fine enough penalty killer in his day. Like, I, I don't want to take away yeah, from... Yeah, he was a good penalty killer. Yeah, was, yeah I, mean, I don't want to take he, away from any of that. He had a, good, just, he had a like, solid NHL career. Like, I'm not saying I, I'm he nobody... was a shit, but I'm, I'm just saying that, yeah. like, the idea that I look at Ian LaPerriere and I'm like, yes, this is what I want all of my young players to turn into. This is the pinnacle of hockey accomplishment. That's Please, fair. everyone model this. No. Yeah, but, you know, we've said this a few times on the show. Like, bad hockey players tend to make good coaches. That's true. This one doesn't. Yeah, I say bad, ho- bad I hockey players can make... This one doesn't, yeah. but... <laughs> bad, bad hockey players can make good coaches. Bad hockey players can also make bad coaches. It's yep. true. <laughs> yeah, like, I think John Stevens was a decent enough, like, developmental coach. He looks like a good, uh, good assistant coach, but running an NHL team, like, that doesn't seem like it was really his thing. So, I don't know. We'll see. I just thought this whole thing was odd. I want to treat the Phantoms like a purely developmental territory. I don't care if they never win a game, if our young players turn out. I just, it seems odd to be like, oh, we we actually had some young guys down there look good this year. Our young guys up here looked like shit. The young guys down there, oh, it looks like uh, we might have something. Yeah, let's get rid of those guys. It, It just seemed odd. It definitely didn't play well with the fans because there are a lot of fans that understandably want blood from, you know, in terms of the coaching staff. It doesn't look like they're going to get it. It seems like, you know, Fletcher is going to roll back with, you know, all these coaches from this year. You know, from, I, don't, I don't think Vino was ever in serious danger of being let go, but like no. the assist, the assistants were another story, and it seems like they're going to roll back with them all. And so it's like, okay, well, you want a coaching change? Here's a coaching change. We're going to take away the AHL head coach. Yeah, the guy everyone likes. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not saying Scott Gordon was a good coach, like when he actually got his chance up here, but like, seemed like a nice enough man. <laughs> I mean, he was he was good to the media up here. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was. I I enjoyed I covering him. I was. I, I I had I didn't love his systems in the NHL or at least like his ability to get the Flyers players to execute them well. Like under Scott Gordon, the Flyers got crushed from a play driving standpoint at five on five. Like he switched to a one three one, which I don't think in the neutral zone, a one three one neutral zone four check, which I don't think was necessarily the best way to take advantage of the talent on hand, especially defensively, because they kind of had to play a more passive style. And then the Flyers just, like, they just didn't play that well under them. They they won a lot of games. They got on a hot streak. But a lot of that was, like, shooting luck and Carter Hart Carter being Hart, good. yeah. Yeah, like, they weren't really playing great underlying hockey. So um, I do think that there's an element of people maybe thinking more fondly of Scott Gordon than they should from a, you know, coaching prowess standpoint. Because they remember that that run that they went on, you know, when he took over and when he implemented the systems and whatnot. That said, like, I don't think he's a bad coach, particularly at the AHL level. I think he's had success there. His teams generally are pretty good. Um, that said, like, what, he's he's been, he was coaching in the Flyers organization for, since 2015, I believe. So it's been a while. He's been around for a while. And you know, sometimes you just kind of want a new voice. You know, he wasn't a hot Chuck Fletcher hire. Chuck Fletcher maybe wants to hire his own guy. Then again, if he hires Ian LaPerriere, that's not really his own guy. I guess he's the one who made the hire, but he's not the one who brought LaPerriere in to begin with. So we'll wait and see. We'll see how things play out. 
All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back on the other side with everybody's favorite topic, Nolan Patrick. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, fam, we are back, and as promised, we're getting into number 19 in your programs, number number one in your hearts, Nolan Patrick. Uh, so, Nolan Patrick, uh, according to this uh, story in the Inquirer that Kelly sent me to, a link to, uh, doesn't want to comment on whether or not he's seeking a trade. That, I mean, you know, the answer wasn't no, it was no comment. So, you know, take from that what you will. Uh, And his new agent, Rich Evans, says he's just at the stage where he's compiling information. He ain't coming back, is he? Uh, Doesn't sound great. Doesn't sound great. Um, Which, I mean, maybe, as as I've said on past shows, that might be the best thing for both sides. I mean, if he's just, you know, just doesn't think it's working here for whatever reason... Uh, maybe that's the best thing for both sides, give him a fresh start somewhere else. Um, but yeah, you know, it, obviously they're leaving the door open for the possibility that sure. he, he sticks around. But yeah, it, I mean, generally speaking, I would say that this is the stuff that is usually said that precipitates a trade. <laughs> I'll tell you what I don't give a shit about is both sides whatsoever. I care about my side. <laughs> The Nolan pa- he doesn't he doesn't get to do jack shit for four years and then request anything. He doesn't get to request a new number. He doesn't get to request uh, something special in catering. He gets to request nothing. We're not just going to give away a 22-year-old uh, former second overall pick. Like, if he's part of a package to bring in something, sure, awesome. He doesn't get to just go for nothing. Like, no, you, you make nothing, and we need players. You don't get to just leave. I like it just kind of it blows my mind a little bit that a player who's so young and wasn't around at all last year like he hung out with the team maybe half of the season but the other half he was not there needs a change of scenery like it just it seems bizarre to me like he played two seasons was uh on LTIR for the the next season, then came back during COVID and was like, no, nah, I hate it here. I got to go. Like, it just, like, it, it's hmm. very bizarre to me. This whole situation is very hmm. weird. You know what would be a useful change? You know what would be a useful change of scenery for Nolan Patrick? Handling the puck in a high danger scoring area. Ooh. That would be a real change of scenery for him. Oh, I was gonna say in the crease. Yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be a very good change of scenery. Like get that big butt in the crease, right in front of plant your ass right in front of the goalie and and do that. If you skated that thing. like if you skated one time, like moved your feet a little bit, you would get to a different place. Yeah, I mean the thing Imagine. With, the thing with Nolan Patrick is that you know, and, and this is why actually the exit interview that you know that we talked about last week, Steph pointed out, why it was a little bit um, you know, 
eye-opening and different in a sense from a lot of his other availabilities like i've always got the sense from nolan patrick that like he's very confident Mm. in the fact that he's a very good hockey player which like makes sense because he's always been a very good hockey player like he dominated juniors like he's been like the shit for most of his life and like obviously he hasn't been that in the at the nhl level and because this kind of goes back to what you were saying about like why do you why would you if you're nolan patrick you know you've barely been here and you decide you know you need to change the scenery like if you're someone who has that kind of confidence level and you're not good somewhere like one thing that's probably going to pop in your head is like well maybe if i just go somewhere else i'll you know, it'll click for me, and then I'll be really good again like I've been my entire life. You know what I mean? Because like it can't that, be him. Yeah, but I, I mean, be. I'm not saying that because I don't, like, I don't know the kid. You know, it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm talking with him on a regular basis. But, like, I can, I can see why that, that possibility would pop into someone's head who still does believe that he can be a really good hockey player in this league, and it's clearly not working so far here. I'm not saying it can. It just hasn't. He had, so then the thing that pops in your head if you're him is like, well, maybe it'll work somewhere else. He had when one more assist than Andy 20, Green. When was the last time a 22-year-old former, you know, let's say top five pick after three seasons was like, nah, I gotta go? Well, I mean, there was Marco Fultz. <laughs> which has become the obvious comparable <laughs> across sports to Nolan Patrick. In the NHL. Well, Markel Fultz also forgot to shoot how to, to shoot the basketball Yo, for like two years. Markel Fultz is playing pickup games with Adam Sandler. You see that dude chucking so up bricks? he's doing better than all of us is what you're saying. I don't know. It just looked exactly like him chucking up bricks. The dude Adam Sandler set up for an assist and just nothing. Um, oh, that's like, a joke. I'm thinking see, like I wouldn't have gotten at that least joke. Like Niall Yakupov, like he had an awesome rookie year and yeah. then like things, he was like, fuck it, I'm just going home. I mean, um, there have been a lot of like, not number two overall picks, but a lot of first round draft picks. That end up being busts and also pains in the ass that end up getting kicked around a whole bunch of teams for the first like five or six years of their career until they end up someplace and they're like a bottom six forward. But like, I, I'm I'm kind of talking about this early, so I guess what Anthony Duclair was one, Maybe. but he, well, he, wasn't, he wasn't that, that high. high. Yeah, no, he was like he a second. He was yeah. like a second round. He wasn't, pick. and he also just kind of sucked. Um, who else? Druin. Druin is is one yeah. who's interesting, yeah, but, but he had but, but he had success. Like yeah. he had yeah. more success in Tampa than Nolan Patrick. Has yeah, had he in was Philly. good. He was just a pain not in the ass. Yeah, and he was not as good as they wanted him to be. Yeah, Galchenyuk is a guy who's bounced around. Mm-hmm. He was like a change of scenery guy. Yeah, but he was also older. Ish. Yeah, I mean, older than than Patrick is now. Sure. Yeah, that's that's my thing. Like, it's just a very weird set of circumstances across the board like for everybody i mean this is like this is a really stupid comparison but like i was a really good student in high school and like didn't have to try at all and got straight a's and then i got to college and like i really had to try and like pay attention and do the reading and go to class in order to maintain the same level of success nolan patrick seems to be that but not willing to accept the fact that he can't just do what he was doing in juniors and be the shit because that's what he's always been. That's, I mean, the, 
I don't know how you can watch him on the ice just like not go into the corners and not skate very hard and not appear to be trying and not like infer that he just doesn't think he has to try that hard and eventually it's just gonna click because he's Nolan Patrick and he's really fucking good at hockey like yeah you are but now everybody else is really good at hockey too and so you have to try harder like I I get what you're saying I was also a really good student in high school and didn't study and didn't read anything and that also translated to college for me like I kind of wonder what my life could have been if I applied myself, but that's... Look at this, look at this guy. I mean, that's a story <laughs> for another time. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I do think I'm better than you. Thank you. But the thing is, is that we're looking at this past season, which was a fucky season to begin with, after a year where he didn't play. So that's and a- discounting the hundred, what didn't he have? Like it, it was either sixty points, wasn't it? Oh god! Well, yeah, he basically, he basically had thirty me. points each of each of his first two years. You say right, this so a lot, 60. but like I'm not discounting it because we saw the same shit then too. There was just also some flashes of good, and then there was a whole lot of the same kind of not trying bullshit. I d- I disagree. I disagree. Um, only because. I was the first person to to say and make the joke like Nolan Patrick doesn't like hockey and none of you agreed with me. I don't remember what I said yesterday. I so mean, I'm, I'm take saying your word for it. I was the first one to make the joke that Nolan Patrick doesn't like hockey because his dad made him play and he hates his dad. And this was just <laughs> a joke. And every single one of you were like, no, that's not true. And this was during his sophomore season. And you're like, no, I don't get that from him. No, he likes hockey. No, he's trying. Like, I distinctly remember because this was an inside joke with me and our our friend Paul about how Nolan Patrick hates hockey and hates his dad. None of you agreed with me after or during his sophomore season. It was only after he took the year off to deal with his migraines and then this fucking season happened. No, I always thought he never tried. No, you did. I did. It's revisionist history. No, it's not. It's revisionist history. No, it's not. We we had these conversations when he was actively playing for the Flyers about how maybe Claude Giroux hates him because no one tries harder than Claude Giroux and Nolan Patrick isn't fucking trying. I distinctly remember having those conversations. Well, then I would I I challenge you to go back and find. I will never do it. Someone, (laughs) someone who's listening. Someone go back and find our podcast from twenty nineteen. And and find where we were talking about Nolan Patrick. No, I, I, one thing you you asked earlier was like, who's a comparable for this Nolan Patrick situation? Here's someone who's a comparable for the Nolan Patrick situation. Um, and it actually like it, it's an interesting comparable because he ended up becoming a pretty decent player. Um, not a great player, certainly not you know living up to the hopes that came with where he was picked. But he became a pretty decent player elsewhere, and you know now he's still around and okay, I guess. Is Kyle Terrace. Kyle Terrace was the third oh, okay. was the third overall pick back in 2007. He got taken by the Coyotes. He just it wasn't working there. You know, for whatever he was he was in the AHL. He came up. He was like okay, but nothing special. And then he was 23 years old and he requested a trade. And he was traded to Ottawa and then he became pretty good in Ottawa. Like not great. Like he was like a, he was probably like his best years. He was probably like a league average second line center maybe. 
maybe a little bit better Which than that. Which would be great for Nolan Patrick. Yeah. Like, that would be cool. But, like, it wasn't working in, in Phoenix. Maybe it's not working I in Philly. I also think, so Kyle Turris, you said he got AHL time. Like, that would benefit Nolan Patrick. I don't, like. Well, now they can't put him in the AHL. He's they now, can't yeah, he's, of, he's of not waivers. Yeah, he's not like, exempt that anymore. That would have helped. Who's claiming him? Somebody would I claim him. Somebody would definitely yeah. claim him. Why would yeah. somebody claim a bad player? Because he makes no money and he was a He had nine pick. points. He had one more assist than Andy Green. He's actually bad. Bill, you, you, do, you do this all the time. You did the same thing with the like, why would Seattle take, take Phil Myers when he's bad? Like, because they would. Yep. Why would why, why would someone Good. claim? I, I why would, would love it if they took why, Phil why, why would someone claim a former second overall pick who's making nothing if only just to give him a shot? Yeah, there would be a lot of teams that would claim Nolan Patrick. Like, players. how many chances Good. did we give Sam Moran because of how high he was drafted? Nolan Patrick's going to get a lot of fucking leeway. And those were from mistakes. From this team or somebody else. Yeah, I know, but the thing is, like, this is what they do. This is what the hockey men do. They will always give a second overall pick a whole bunch of leeway because they're like, well, maybe he'll just remember that he's good because he's actually good because they said before that he was good, so he must be good. And, and the fucking blood traitor is out in, in Pittsburgh, and you know that he's blood yeah. traitor. Oh. Go oh, there. Nolan Patrick please. is on waivers. Please in take him. In five seconds, put him on a line with Sidney Crosby, and Nolan Patrick will be <laughs> a fucking 90 a, point a, per season. A player. 17, uh, maybe a 17 goal scorer. He was on the power play all year, scored five goals. He stinks. Like, yes. good. I would. L- Pittsburgh is the best possible destination for him. Please, God. Good. Yes, take a bad player from us. I'm begging you. Play him and Mark Friedman and every fucking game. And that's all the time game. we have on Broad Street Hockey for today. I, I cannot listen to that, that whatever you were saying anymore. The truth? No, absolutely not. Absolutely A not. bad player would make our biggest rival worse? He would. I don't know. Mark Friedman. Shut the fuck up. They got Mark Friedman, yeah. then they made the playoffs. Explain that. Yeah, he played two games against us. <laughs> Could you hold on <laughs> Nolan Patrick and Mark Friedman in the same locker room again after they just being very assholes together hate each other? <laughs> Commiserate about being dicks to everybody that they know and work with. <laughs> well, no, it seems like Nolan hates him. I mean, does Nolan Patrick like anybody besides Nolan Patrick? Travis Konechny. And Kevin Hayes. I think that's only because Travis Konechny is, like, his little pet. And, like, like you know how, like, if they're in the room together, Konechny's also, like, miserable and surly. But, like, if Nolan Patrick goes away, Konechny's fun and nice. Like, I think that Nolan Patrick just likes that Konechny is, like, his little pet and follows him around and does what he wants because he thinks Nolan Patrick is cool or something. I have no idea. But I stand by what I just said. Nolan Patrick doesn't like anybody except Nolan Patrick. <laughs> Not even his dad, apparently. <laughs> We've literally created a world where Nolan Patrick hates his dad because Steph made a joke yeah. four years ago, and now it's become reality. Facts. Like yeah, this is not right. how this works. Confirmed. No, yeah. it is. It's the off season. Do you we not can know say whatever that I'm we want. The creator of realities. <laughs> I'm told that if you say something on Twitter enough times, it becomes true. So Steph said it a whole as, bunch of times. As as a beat writer who covers the Flyers, I will make this abundantly clear. Ooh. I have no evidence to believe that Nolan Patrick hates his father. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> to make this clear. <laughs> well, Charlie, Charlie I don't know if you know this, but he has tattoos for his mother and his sisters, but not for his father. <laughs> oh, no. Charlie's going to quit our podcast. We have to get off of this now. Maybe, maybe <laughs> oh Nolan Patrick, God. maybe Nolan Patrick hates men. 
No, he's got a tattoo for his grandfather, too. Ah, well. No, boy. But not his father. Evidence mounts. The evidence mounts. How do you even know this? I know. Why do you know so much about his tattoos? Where do you get this information from? Oh, I read up a lot about player tattoos, actually. Is there, like, a publication? Like, where does one get this information? The internet. I don't know. I I couldn't even tell you one source. It's just (laughs) the internet. Because uh, because that was all pretty depressing, I want to create my own reality. Yay. Would you Don't rather you do that already? What? <laughs> Don't you do that already? Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> Would you rather grossly overpay for Dougie Hamilton or Gabe Landiscock? I so when I when I saw this, I was like, ooh, Landiscock. Ooh. There's yes. no way. There is no way Colorado lets him go. However, no. he has not signed an extension yet. He is a pending unrestricted free agent. And goddamn, just that fight with Braden Shen. That was like the Shea Weber turnbuckle moment where I was like, yes, I need that guy. Oh, he's so good. Oh. No, I, 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 I love Landis Guy. I, I've loved him ever since his draft year. I mean, he was the guy who, like, I knew there was no way he was going to slip to where the Flyers picked, which was where they eventually took Sean Gutierrez. But, like, I, I love his game. Ooh, I mean, he's so an we, awesome player. We back the truck up for Landis Cog, and then we trade for Ryan Ellis. Boom. Just fucking solve Chuck. All Chuck season solved. Nolan Patrick. <laughs> one for one. It's a hockey trade. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that All is of a our great bad question. I, I, would... I, I'd trade most of the team for either one of those two. Um, to have... I, I God. I love Landis Gog and I love Douglas it, it's it's tough it's a really tough question it's an interesting question actually but it's a really tough question for me because like Dougie is the better like he he's what they the need. need he fills the need he absolutely fills the need a hundred percent and like that's what they have to get they have to get a number one defenseman preferably Roy Hanna shot that's Dougie Hamilton boom but the reason why this is an interesting question for me is because like even though Dougie fills the need better I think Landis Cog actually is a better fit for Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Like, I... Let me put it this way with, with Dougie. And I, I I don't know if I've said this on the show. I definitely said this in, in our Slack channel. Like, if I'm the Flyers, I'm going after Dougie Hamilton if he hits free agency. No questions asked. I'm targeting him. I'm offering him a lot of money. If I'm Dougie Hamilton, I'm not sure if I want to come to Philadelphia because, number one... Dougie Hamilton is, like, notoriously a really low-key guy. Like, obviously, there were those, like, those, those museums things. But, like, he's a low-key guy. He doesn't love, like, the idea of being, like, the center of attention in a big market. Like, that's part of the reason why he didn't really click in Boston. Like, Boston fans were vicious to him. And they were vicious to him in part because they're insane. Like, Boston fans are awful. But also because, like, Dougie doesn't play, like... A super physical style you know he makes some mistakes with the puck that they you know have you know just lead, lead to turnovers that lead to goals like he kind of plays a higher risk type style and if the flyers were to sign him like they'd have to probably give him like nine mil a year they'd have to give him a massive deal which means the expectations would be through the roof for him in a big market with a bunch of crazy fans that might not like his style because if i'm dougie and i'm looking at the flyers i'm like I don't know if that's a good fit for me, like, in terms of me being happy as a person. Mm-hmm. 
for the Flyers, yeah, go get Dougie. Like, he's a hell of a player. He'll be great. But, like, I don't know if that's, like, the best fit for Hamilton. And then, like, if he's not happy, does then that impact his play? Whereas Landeskog, I mean, you get that guy, that guy's a fan favorite by day one. Like, he, he was, he's one of those guys that plays a style that, like, Flyers fans would gravitate towards immediately. You know, he's, he's hard-nosed, he scores a lot of goals, he's a complete two-way player, he's physical, like, he'll, he'll beat the crap out of Braden Shen. Like, he's, Beautiful. he's a guy who's, like, you point to him and you're like, yeah, he'd be a great Philadelphia Flyer. So, it's interesting because, like, I think, I think they need Dougie more, but I think Landis Cog would, like, fit Philly better than Dougie. I agree with your overall point. But I wonder if we overrate our hockey market at this point a little bit. Just in like, yeah, Richards and Carter were all over crossing broad because Richards and Carter were all over the city just partying their asses off. So they had a spotlight on them. Like, unless this team is making a cup run, if he stays off Twitter... He'll be left alone completely. If he stays well, off that's Twitter, the thing, because that's, that's, that's where he would see the fact that every idiot Flyers fan in the world fucking hates him because he's not Chris Pronger. Like, because that's what's going to happen. When, when yeah. a cer- there's a certain segment of Flyers fan base that when they think number one defenseman, all they think about is Chris Pronger. And anybody that doesn't play like that is not going to be acceptable. And Dougie Hamilton, like, to put a real fine point on it, is just much better Shane Gosses Bear. And they fucking hate Shane Gosses Bear. So there are a lot of people, I think, screaming that they want Dougie Hamilton who don't watch a lot of other hockey games. And they want yes. him because they hear his name a lot and people tell them that he's good. But if they actually watched him play, they would fucking hate him. And they would hate listening to him do interviews they would hate the idea that he's not fun. Like, they would fucking hate everything about him, but he would be so good for the hockey team. So it is, like... But that's, like... Yeah. Exactly. The people who go to games are, like, the most supportive fans in the world. How the, sh- how the hell couldn't they be? Like, they're paying for this slop. <laughs> if he doesn't have a Facebook or a Twitter, like, he's totally fine. If he blocks me and doesn't listen to my show, good. Go win fucking hockey games. <laughs> like, that's it. I... I, I, I I just don't think we're like that anymore. Like, hockey's just not a big enough deal because they've been so mediocre for so long. That's yeah, fair. Maybe. Maybe. But there, there, are, there are beat writers that cater to that side of the fan base who, after every single game, will be asking Dougie Hamilton about, like, the turnover when he was, you know, in the offensive zone in the second period that led to a goal against. Like, what happened there? Like, it'll be, like, a whole thing every single time. Because they don't like how that guy plays hockey. God damn! I mean, that's gonna be every every athlete ever gets questioned. Fair. No, yeah, it, it, no, I mean, it's true. With, it's true. With um, fuck, I forgot what I was gonna say. It'll come. To oh, you. even without social media, like you do get an idea of how the fan base feels about you. Like you're gonna know if they hate you. If he hated playing in Boston, like we have to accept that we are Boston sports fans. Just like a little bit less racist and like maybe better <laughs> just because we're not from Boston. But if Dougie Hamilton hated playing in Boston for the reasons that Charlie laid out, he's going to hate playing here for the same exact reasons. We're not that different from Boston. I think we're not that different from Boston in terms of the other three sports. I think hockey has fallen so far in this town 
that it just isn't that way anymore. And if they're winning, like, that's the thing. Everyone hates Shane Goss' bear now. Nobody hated him when he was the best player on the team his rookie year. Like, everyone thought he was Bobby Orr. Like, that shit was great. If Dougie Hamilton simply lives up to expectations, which is what you want from him, like, he will be beloved because he's a very good hockey player. Danny Briere, tiny little guy, give-and-go hockey player, beloved because he scored big goals. Yeah, he also slashed. Uh, he also slashed people a lot, though, and they liked that. Yeah, beloved because he got into a fight one time and was the smaller guy with like, the only other four foot four guy on the ice. Yeah, listen. I mean, if if, um, if the result here is that we spend the next eight years having to convince people that Dougie Hamilton is good because he's our number one defenseman, like that's going to be okay with me. Yeah, no, I, I'm and, totally and, fine with that world. And and as I said, like. The Flyers should not care about this. Yeah. Like, go get Dougie if he's there. Oh, Pay God. the money. You, he's worth it. What do you think Paul Holmgren thinks about Dougie Hamilton? Because that could him. be that could be the deciding factor right there. What Paul I, Holmgren I think, I don't thinks think it's a deciding factor. Eh. I mean, he's look. He's like semi-retired. Yeah, he's. He, sure. I mean, look. He's certainly a guy that Chuck Fletcher will like ask his opinion. But I don't think that like if Paul Holmgren says I don't like Dougie Hamilton, that Chuck Fletcher is going to respond. Okay, we're not getting Dougie Hamilton. There's a lot of voice. There's a lot of voices in that room. If the Flyers had Cam Talbot instead of Brian Elliott, would they be in the playoffs? No. Oh my god. No. No, they wouldn't. Unfortunately, I mean they, they'd be better. They'd be better, but they. I don't think they'd be in the playoffs. They they need a Carter Hart to be good. They need just, to just not be a disaster. Yeah. Like they needed that, but since it happened and they had no backup plan. I don't know. It seems like having a good goalie instead of one who can't play more than once a week would have been a good would have been a good thing. I realize it was two better. years ago. It's just like they seem to have really made a mistake on that decision. Well, wasn't it well, Talbot's decision mostly? Yeah, yeah. It was actually my understanding of that. And like, look, I'm I was one of the few people back then was like that was full speed ahead on the like I'm totally cool with them signing Cam Talbot because I don't think one bad season means he's a bad goalie. Um, my understanding of that situation is that Talbot Talbot was interested in re-signing with the Flyers, and maybe the Flyers could have played it differently. Like, maybe if the Flyers... I think... Here's what I think happened in that situation. The Flyers looked at it as, we like both Talbot and Elliott as options. So what we're going to do is we're going to basically let both of them hit the market you know, see what their what their you know what their value is around the league, and then we're going to sign the cheaper the you know, the cheaper of the two, the guy who wants you know the lower cap hit, the you know the, the the fewer years or whatever. I think if the Flyers would have went to Cam Talbot right after that season got done and said, "Hey, we want we picked you, we want to resign you," I think he would have done it. I think they could have worked out a deal, but instead they waited. They waited, and then what happened was Talbot hit the mark. Like Talbot's agent started talking to teams, and Talbot's agent realized like. There are teams that want my guy to like compete for a starting job. And once like they, there are teams that didn't look at this season as being like, okay, Talbot just sucks. And the Flyers, obviously, all they were really offering was you can be like the one B behind Carter Hart, but look, you're probably not passing Carter Hart because it's Carter Hart. And once Talbot realized that there were teams out there that were willing to give him a a larger crack at winning the number one job again, then it was just like, well, why am I gonna go back to Philly? Like, I'll go somewhere where I can actually try to really rehabilitate my career rather than be second banana to Carter Hart. And then they obviously went to Elliott and they signed him back. But, like, I do think maybe if they would have more prioritized Talbot before Talbot realized that, like, teams still believed in him, 
to that degree, they could have gotten him. But by the time, like, by the time free agency was starting, I think that ship had sort of sailed. So that, that that's my understanding of sort of what happened in that situation. And I so th- you're saying they yogurt him. They yogurt him a bit, yeah. There was a, there was a yogur element to it. And I feel like they kind of sold him on the idea, like you're gonna be Brian Elliott. Like in an ideal world, you're starting 25, 30 games, and they kind of overplayed their hand on what to expect from Carter Hart. Now Carter Hart was very good last year, so it's not like you know. But overall, expecting him to be more than like a one A tandem guy at this point was probably a little too optimistic, as we've seen. Uh, just playoffs, real quick. I don't. We don't have to do a deep dive or anything. Um, Takeaways from what you've seen so far, who do you think's winning the cup? Just whatever you want to say, because I just got to say, the Colorado Avalanche are winning the Stanley Cup. Like, just watching that, like, the St. Louis Blues, the St. Louis Blues played really well, and Jordan Bennington played as well as he's played since they won the cup, and the Avs fucked them up anyway. Like, (laughs) other than Tampa, I don't see a team that can stop them at all. No. Certainly not in the Western Conference. I'm I mean, interested. Ve- maybe the ve- ve- Vegas would be interesting. Yeah. I, I still think Colorado wins that series, but it would be interesting. It'll be an interesting, fun series. I just don't see any way Vegas can Flurry score with would, them. Flurry Even if Flurry like, plays great. Yeah. I don't know. I'm certainly hoping it for that just, result. It, it is satisfying to me on a weird level that Marc-Andre Fleury has had this whole career resurgence and the Penguins are kind of floundering in that. Like, the Penguins badly need a goaltender? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's wonderful. Marc-Andre Fleury... And he's likable. His career... Only now. His career baffles me. Like, he was good with the Penguins and, like, obviously wins a cup, goes to two, but, like, has these crazy variance years and these choke jobs... And now, he's better than ever. Like, he's had two top five Vezina finishes in uh, in Vegas. He never was top five in Pittsburgh. And he's going to be, like, second this year. Maybe first. Like, uh, He'll be in the mix. He's definitely going to be a finalist. I, I, he's 36. And he's, like, better than ever. It, it, one, it's wild. It's, it's wild. Two, to go back to being miserable all the time, like Charlie said... <laughs> It it makes me not concerned, but it puts into perspective how long we might have to wait with Carter Hart and the roller coaster it potentially could be. I don't think we're gonna have to wait till his mid thirties. I'm just saying, man, this roller coaster ride could be uh, unpleasant at times, as it was with Mark Andre Fleury. Put a pin in that, um, because if we have to wait until Carter Hart is in peak form until his mid-30s, but he's won two Stanley Cups before that, buddy, oh. I'm fine. I'm totally fine with that. I'm not I'm not saying it's going to even be... I, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it puts into perspective the type of career. I'm just... He's a guy who started right away, and, the, like, he's the goalie with the highest expectations I can think of since, uh, like, pre-Carter Hart. Like, since the lockout, basically. And... Uh, his career kind of puts Carter Hart into perspective a little bit. I mean, I think it's foolish to not anticipate that a goaltender's career is going to be a roller coaster because there's like none that I can think of that aren't. 
None of them is consistently That's good every point. single season for the entire season. Not a I mean, one the, of them. Hank, the only the only guy is Lundquist. It's yeah. the only guy in yeah. my lifetime, really. No, oh, and then he fell off a cliff. Yeah, when he was like thirty-seven, and his heart was yeah, his failing. heart yeah, gave out. Old? Jesus Christ, <laughs> he's old. I I thought well, this was before he needed the many heart surgeries. Yes, I thought okay. that he was. I thought that he was a couple years younger, but so there. okay, so. He had from age 23 through age 33, his lowest save percentage was 912. Good Lord. That, that, was his, that was his worst year. If you're going to extend it even further, from age 23 through age 35, his lowest save percentage was 910. That's never was Never was below 910. <laughs> they wasted that man's entire ass career. For 13 Good years, Lord. he was never below 910. That's, I saw... I saw a stat the other day. They were like, d- with Hank starting, the Rangers had like 34 playoff games where they scored at least three goals. They took two regulation losses in that time. Like, all you had to do, do was score three goals and you win. <laughs> and they just didn't. Uh-huh. Oh, the Rangers. Stay yeah, messy. So. Stay messy, guys. Fucking, yeah, they're better than the Flyers, though, still, somehow. They finished ahead of them. Debatable. The results are not debatable. I am not... I'm just not willing to say that this... The results of this year are what the Flyers are. Like, I'm just not. I'm not doing it. Have we come full circle? Because didn't we start this show saying that this season is not indicative of the Flyers' talent level? It is not. However... Time is a flat circle. That's what they say. Okay. Let me just pose these two questions then. Do the Flyers have a defenseman as good as Fox? No. no. Do the Flyers have a forward as good as Panarin? No. No. Okay. No, but neither do most teams. Hmm. All the also, Fox teams do. Fo- Fo- there's a good chance Fox wins the Norris this year, and Panarin, in my mind, should have won. Was the, the MVP last year? Last year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I, you know, he's going to win the Calder, so it's fine. <laughs> so here's Always the thing, the like, every year. I mean, Edmonton is Connor McDavid, so they should just win all of the Stanley Cups, right? Because like they have the best player. That's well, how they're it works, a right? terribly run organization, right? Exactly. And they also so, so are really, in the playoffs. Well, look at the Rangers, another say, terribly run organization. I don't give a fuck. Sorry, Papa. I don't give a fuck that the Rangers have two good players on their roster. They do have two good players on their roster. Talk to me when they do something with them. They haven't yet. All right. I mean, you know. That's what I'm saying. Finished ahead of the Flyers. And they, the they're in the middle of a whole front office rebuild. Yeah, they got a whole <laughs> lot going on there. I do not envy what's happening in New York. No. Well, Mm-mm. we'll be going through it pretty soon, probably. Did you know that they also play in a train station? So- they play in a train station. People forget that. Some people do forget that. All right. Anything else in the playoffs? I kind of just talked for a while there. Go Canes. Yeah, sure. I'm cool. I would not be upset if they won. And that is all the time we have for you on PSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Um, I don't think we have anything to like sell or anything. Like, season's over. We got today. Yeah. All right. So that's it. Uh, If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. Even in this off season. 
we're gonna keep you uh we're gonna keep you full and happy of all the flyers news you want because what could you want more than more flyers talk god damn it broad street hockey on the podcast at broadstreethockey.com maybe if you got a couple bucks a month subscribe to that athletic thing it's all right um all right that's it my name is bill Matz for charlie for kelly for steph have a great week everybody are you ready to talk about sports yeah